guys are here with us on a, just a bitterly, bitterly cold um, morning. Um, thank you guys for, for adjusting your schedules and being here. And uh, thank you for technology. Thank God for technology. We have uh, probably a huge portion of our church that's watching online right now. So looking at you guys, thank you all for, for tuning in and being a part of our worship experience um, today. Today is going to... Uh, uh, I need to just say something real quick. I just want to apologize in advance um, for two things. One is, is um, I, I usually preach for over an hour on Sunday mornings, but it's split up into two services. And since we're doing it just one service today, then I've, I've redeemed this time. Like I've got my, my extra time um, for today. I'm going to go as fast as I can, but I've got a lot to say. Let me say this. I, I believe God has a lot to say um, to us, um, to myself today, um, as well as... Uh, as as uh, well to, to you. And the second thing I want to say is this. I'm sorry. Um, I do not intend to offend um, anybody today, okay? So we just need to just, you know, take our, our if we're offended easily, we just need to take that and put it in our pockets today. Um, we're going to, sometimes God's word is a little offensive, you know? I mean, if you think about it, the gospel is pretty offensive, saying that you can't do it on your own and you need someone else to help you, right? Um, that you are a sinner and you are in need of Savior. That's kind of offensive, that, that you need to give up your life and trust in Jesus for your life. I mean, that's, that's hard to do. And so, um, today, it's, it's going to be a little hard-hitting, and so I just wanted to apologize. Um, I want to make sure everybody gets the sermon notes. You scan the QR code. If you're online right now uh, watching us, um, you go on the, the app. You can go on our website. Uh, also, um, you, uh, you should have gotten an email if you are a member here at Central that has the notes. So I'll make sure everybody has that. Get your Bibles out. Um, get ready. And uh, we need to kind of begin by talking about last week. Last week, we, we talked about um, this, this idea of detoxing uh, our, our minds, if y'all remember that. Some of you guys were here um, last week, and we talked about some different things. And I, I wonder how it went. Did it go well? Did, were you able to maybe kind of detox from, from the noise uh, in, in this life? Were you able to maybe embrace some silence uh, that maybe was a little bit awkward and something you're not, you're not used to? Um, did you create a kill list of things that you need to get rid of? And did you have an opportunity to, to get rid of those, some of those things? I heard some great stories this week of people um, in our church who have, man, they, they took some big, bold steps to try to connect more with the Lord instead of connecting with this, this world. We needed to detox our minds. We need sometimes just to sit in silence and wait on the Lord. It's refreshing. And so today, I'm going to get out our uh, good old uh, detox bottle again, okay? So I got the bottle, our bottle of detox, and we're going to be um, using this and talking about it, about it today, because today, um, we need to talk about some toxins that are, that are going on in our world and in our lives. Um, you guys know what, what toxins are. Toxin, let me give you a simple definition of a toxin. A toxin is a naturally occurring organic substance that at the wrong dose becomes poisonous, causing harm or even death. That's what a toxin is. Now, we're not specifically talking about like the, the actual chemical toxins or things like that today. We're talking about spiritual stuff, decisions that we're making, this world being toxic sometimes in our lives. And what are we supposed to do about it? And so today, we're not talking about our minds anymore. We're going to talk about our bodies, okay? So y'all can leave if you want to right now. It's going to be, it's going to be rough, okay? I'm just, just warning you, it's going to be a tough sermon, even for me um, to preach, because our bodies are important. I mean, spiritually, um, it, it's connected to us. We have one shot in this life. We have one body. It's a gift from God. You cannot go and get another body. And what you do with your body matters. How you treat your body matters. And you know, we're all built a little different, aren't we? <laughs> Amen, right? We're all built a little different. It's kind of like, like how cars are a little bit different, okay? So here's my illustration for today. I think some of us are like, like this car right here. Now, this is not a brand new car. This is a two-year-old car that was on sale in Tulsa this week, okay? I found it online. This is a pretty new, nice car. I think of it kind of like teenagers, okay? So teenagers in this room, I mean, um, you got 
you're, you're pretty, pretty young, you got a, a new body, um, you might have some paint chips on it, but you know, your, your engine's strong and you're still under warranty, you know, like life is, is pretty good and you don't have to do a whole lot of maintenance um, on, on your body. But for most of us in this room, our bodies are, are not like that anymore. Man, if we could go back to that, that would be the good old days, right? I think our bodies are more like, like this car, you know? This car that, uh, you know, it, it's, it runs, um, it's an older model, but it's got, some, it's got some dings on it, and, you know, a lot of times we gotta, we got to work on it, we got to constantly fix it. Uh, and, and at our house, we have four cars because we got two teenagers. I mean, it's just, it's, it's a lot. And so I was thinking about this this week. Our cars, I totaled up the, the total age of our cars. Um, our, to, our cars are 54 years old combined. We have 790,000 miles on our cars, okay? Now, they need some maintenance for them to be able to run, just like our bodies need, need some maintenance sometimes. We got some, we got some rust spots. We have the check engine light. Anybody, you know, check engine lights that, that are always on. And it, it takes a little bit longer to warm up. Like today, anybody have a car? Had to warm it up for a little bit. Sometimes our bodies are like that. You got to stretch a little bit more before you go do something. Our bodies um, are a little bit different than being a, a brand new car. And some of us in this room... Some of us, this, this baby is a great example of your body. Like, you're that kind of car, right? Like, you, you are a, you're not old. You're a vintage classic, okay? Uh, that, that's, that's your body, you know? You got a vintage classic. Here, here's how you know that a car is a vintage classic. If it was killing it in the 60s and 70s and it's still running, then it's a vintage classic. Same for your body, okay? Right? It's kind of how it is. But this kind of car... Just like your body, it needs, to be, it needs to be garage kept, right? It's got to be cared for. It might be overhauled. It's got some, got some new parts. Anybody? I guess got some new parts, uh, you know? I mean, it's a little bit different, right? And you're not racing it anymore. You're sure not taking that out. You're, you're, you're taking it easy, okay? But here's the problem. Here's the problem. For some of us, even our, our new cars are, are wrecked, right? For some of us, we, we've wrecked that, that new car. We've taken that, that body that God has given us and we've, we've damaged it. We've done some things to it that we, we probably shouldn't have done. And it's not the way that it was, it's supposed to, to be. Some of us, we haven't taken care of our bodies for a really, really long time. And so our vintage classic actually looks kind of like this, right? That, that, it's, that man, it is, it's in the junkyard because for year after year it was not taken care of. And it's, in, it's at a spot that, that is not healthy. And so today, I think we need to look at not just, just cars as an example. We need to talk about what the Bible has to say about our bodies. We need to have this biblical understanding of the body that God has given us. So Romans chapter 12, verse 1 says this. You guys have probably heard it. If you're, if you're a Christian in this room, if you've been to church for any amount of time, you've probably heard this. Here's what the Bible says. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God. Why? Because of all that he's done for you. We could stop right there and pray and leave. I mean, that, that's powerful right there. It goes on and says, let them be a living and holy sacrifice. The kind he will find acceptable. And this is truly the way to worship him. Okay? If we can get this verse and understand it. I believe that it can change our lives. It can take our thinking from this is my body and it's my business. It, it, the spiritual side of me is separate from my body. So it's, this is my body and this is my business. It can change from that way of thinking to instead say, how can I worship God with this body? Now, it's costly. It takes humility. It takes self-sacrifice. But if you read this verse, it pleases God if we honor him with our bodies. Because your body is special. Some of you guys are like, man, I wish I was taller, right? Wish I was a baller. I don't know how the song come from. Um, right? But your body is special. Look what 1 Corinthians has to say. 1 Corinthians 6 says, don't you realize that your body is the temple 
of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God. God wants to reside inside of you. And he, he said, the Bible says your body is like a, like a temple. Okay, so the Old Testament, you think about that. The temple was always taken care of. It was always swept. It was always pristine because God dwelt in that place. And that's where you went to worship him. Well, today, the covenant has changed. Jesus has changed everything. And so no longer do you have to go to the temple. You can worship him right now. But the Bible says that your body is that temple. Here's what it says. You do not belong to yourself, for God bought you with a high price. So you must honor God with your body. If we can understand that, it changes our thinking from my body is for my pleasure, and I can do with it as I please, to instead saying, God dwells in me, and he purchased me. He purchased me. You want to know how much you're worth? Calculate up how much Jesus is worth. And that's how much God loves you. Jesus willing to die on the cross for you. That should humble us. That should make us look at our lives and say, my, my life has value, has worth, and what I do with it matters. And it should change how we see our bodies. And here's, my, here's my hope for us. Here's my hope for us today is, is this, this verse. And 3 John says, dear friends, I hope all is well with you and that you are as healthy in body as you are strong in spirit. Because there's so many times, especially in the church, all we do is talk about the spiritual stuff, right? You know? How's your quiet times? How's your Bible study? How's your scripture memory? Are you walking with the Lord? Are you doing all those things? And very rarely we'd actually talk about our bodies and how healthy our bodies are or how unhealthy our bodies are. But, man, I'm telling you, they're, they're so linked. We need to be healthy. And I think one of the reasons we need to be healthy is because we live in some crazy times, unprecedented times. So the first time in human history we aren't survivors, we're consumers. Think about that. The world is different. I mean, Christians today aren't being persecuted like the early church was being persecuted, trying to live out their faith. We aren't trying to survive like people were trying to survive in the Middle Ages. We are not getting on the boat like a, like a Puritans trying to, to flee persecution and come to, to a new life. Like we sit in America just fat and happy, don't we? Like we don't have those cares anymore. Those cares are gone and our struggle has shifted. I mean, Christians of history were living out their faith in a world of scarcity. Think about that. Where am I going to find food? How is my family going to survive the next week? Christians of history, they lived in a world of scarcity. We live in a world of abundance. And the question is, how do we take Scripture, how do we take these principles of life, and how do we apply them in a different kind of, of, of world? You see, they were eating to live, and we are living to eat. Okay? Is that not true? So many times we live our lives just, just to eat, Right? It's different. We're not worried about our next meal, except for is it going to be good, right? Is it going to be Mexican food? Because I love Mexican food. Look, I, I feel led to share something today that I think most pastors wouldn't touch with a 10-foot pole, okay? I, I, I debated about what are we going to talk about with our bodies. We can talk about sex. We can talk about drugs. We can talk about, about alcoholism, how to honor God with, with, with those things. And there's a lot of sermons out there, and we've, we've talked about a lot of that stuff. But, you know, after praying about it, like, I truly believe that there's, there's a more personal and basic and, and prevalent problem that we have. You see, I've got one more picture to show you of a car that I think relates to a lot of us and relates to myself as well. Here's how a lot of us are. <laughs> Like, that, that's, that's us, you know? <laughs> that's, that's rough, right? It's got two different colors of paint. Um, anyways, man, that's, is that, is that not true sometimes? Like, that might be a better representation of how we try to live our lives, this body that God has given us and trying to, to move and be on mission and to go and make disciples in something like that. And today, here's what I want to do. I want to address address just how physically unhealthy we've become as a society, okay? 
So here's my disclaimer time, okay? I mean, you can email me if you want, call me, whatever. But here's my disclaimer. I want to make sure you, you get this, okay? I am not trying to offend anybody today. That is not the point of this, okay? I am, as the lead pastor here at Central, I just want to be honest with you. And sometimes we got we to gotta talk about some things we don't like to talk about. And I, and I get it. We all have unique stories, okay? And I, I understand that there, there are many factors that make up our bodies, okay? Think about it. We, we have different genes. We have different DNA. We come in all shapes and sizes like we, we talked about already, right? And I understand that your body and my body, it's influenced by factors that are sometimes out of our control, right? I mean, you got, you got age, that, that's a factor, amen, right? You have inherited traits. Man, I look more and more like my dad every day, okay? Um, man, it, it's, it's rough. Sorry, guys, you're probably going to watch that. I don't mean that way. Um, anyways, we, we've females in this room, moms. You've given birth. Things have changed, right? You have sacrificed your body for, for your family, right? Some of us have, have had injuries that were not our fault, right? Some of us have medical conditions that, that affect our, our physical bodies. We have taken medications that drastically affect um, our physical bodies. But let me say this. No one in this room inherited the skill to eat an entire pizza in one sitting, Okay? You did not inherit that, okay? I'm just telling you. Giving birth does not mean that you got to eat a gallon of ice cream every week, okay? That's just, that's just the truth, right? And taking ongoing medications for either physical or, or mental um, things that, that need to be fixed does not mean that you should sit on the couch, does not mean that you should stare at the screen, and it does not make you allergic to exercise, okay? That is just the truth this morning. Sometimes we take those things, we make them excuses. But for some of us in the room, we don't have any of those problems. And yet we're fat and tired. And I'm speaking to myself right, right now. In fact, this is a hard thing to talk about because this is a lifelong struggle of mine. I look over my kids right now, I look at my wife, and, and you all know, right? And I'll talk a little bit more and use myself as an example here in just a minute. So what are we supposed to do? Are we okay with where we're at? And so what I want to do is I, I want to share with us a warning why this matters. Like, why does this even matter? Clayton, I don't understand this. Why are we talking about this? There's a warning in the Bible. So Paul, in the Bible, he is one spot he's talking to, uh, to the believers, saying, hey, and especially to, to, to some of the leaders, he's saying, hey, I, I want to make sure my life is in line with my message, Okay? I want to make sure that's, that's going on. So I, I don't want to be, I don't want to be a hypocrite. I don't want to lose gospel opportunities um, to be able to, to share my, my faith. And what he does is he uses a metaphor that we're going to look at, a metaphor um, in 1 Corinthians chapter 9 that actually talks about our bodies. I, I want us to look at this. Here's what it says. He says, I discipline my body like an athlete, train it to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. Now, again, this is a metaphor, okay? He's not directly talking about our physical bodies, but this is, this is a principle inside of this passage that we can actually turn back on itself and actually use it to talk about our physical bodies. You see, I, I looked up this, this, I was like, disqualified. Is that, is that true? Is that actually what it's talking about? This is a New Living Translation we preach um, through a lot. But, so I looked up the, the ESV, uh, I looked up the NIV, I looked up the New American Standard, the, the Christian Standard Bible. I looked through all these, uh, these different um, versions of the Bible. And you know what I found? Every single one of them says this word, disqualified. Disqualified. The Greek for disqualified is, is fake, phony, and unapproved. In the Old Testament, it was used to talk, talk about priests who were not el- actually eligible to be priests. And so they were disqualified, they were ineligible, and they were kicked out of the priesthood. In the New Testament, it's used um, to describe people who are being fake with their faith. This word disqualified. And so Paul is saying, hey, I don't want to be disqualified from preaching. I want my life to line up with my words, okay? He's talking about preaching because he is a preacher, okay? But what about you? What are you? Your parent in this room, grandparent, your great-grandparent, husband, wife, sibling, teacher, coach, 
business professional, employee? Are you, are you a Christian on mission? And here's my fear. I, I think that many of us are daily disqualifying ourselves from certain relationships and gospel conversations with the people that God has put in our lives. We're missing some things. And so the question I have for us today is this. Am I DQing my life? Am I disqualifying my life? I'm not talking about Dairy Queen here, okay? But I guess we could. I mean, that's kind of actually works. Um, am I Dairy Queening my life? We'll talk about that in a second. But it, it, what I mean by that is, am I missing some opportunities because of my health? When I was in seminary, um, I was in New Orleans, and one of these classes I'll never forget, this, this old preacher gets up there, and he's, he's speaking to about 25 of us and, and talking about uh, lasting in ministry. The reality is there's a lot of, a lot of pastors and preachers that, do, that don't last very long um, because they just give of themselves. They're just, they're just preaching. They're just you know, going to hospitals or doing all those things. They're just pouring themselves out, and they never take care of themselves. And he asked this question. He's like, are you physically capable of finishing the race? And he had every single one of us look around. There was about 25 of us in the room. And there was only one guy that was healthy physically. And it was not me. Man, and I just think about like, I mean, just, just we go to, I go to pastor's meetings. I go to, go to all these, these, uh, these meetings and groups. And man, we are some of the most unhealthy people. And this is, there's a sobering reality that I, that, I, that I think, and I'm just saying, pardon my bluntness, okay? We are the fattest people who have ever lived. Is that not true? <laughs> I mean, collectively as a society, we're the fattest people that have ever lived on the face of the planet. Here are the statistics. In America, 10% of adults are severely obese. 40% are obese. And another 30% are overweight. Let me, let me translate that to you. I had to double check stats. I looked through several places. What that means is that 80%, four out of five adults in America are fat. <laughs> that's, that's my, just my, my Clayton. That's just my Clayton just speaking right, right now. And sometimes I think it's worse actually in, in, in the church. And I believe there's some s- spiritual implications to that. I think what's happened is we've taken some, some gifts. I'm talking to myself too, okay? Lifelong problem that I'm working through. We've taken some gifts from God and we've twisted them. And sometimes we've even made them like king of our lives. People do that with sex. People do that with, with drugs. People do that with alcohol. But let me just be really unpopular this morning. We do that with food as well, okay? And so just like I did last week, I, I, I brought out um, something out of this, this container. Uh, I had a had a lure, right? We we're talking about, about lures. But man, I, I just need to, to bring out um, this thing that I think can, can become ultimate in our lives and actually be kind of idolatrous. And it's just this, this, this amazing burger, right? I got this burger 10 o'clock last night. Still, still looks good, okay? Um, some of you guys know where, where this is from, okay? Shame on you. No, I'm just kidding. All right. So some of y'all know where this is. But you know what? You can't just have that because we got we to gotta add the, the fries too, right? We gotta add the fries. We gotta add the fries to that. I, I, I couldn't just just go with the, just the burger, right? Um, I think for some of us, we have made things like this ultimate in our lives. We may not even realize it. You know what that's called? It's called idolatry. We do that in just little little pieces. It's 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 one of the Ten Commandments. You know. I told you this sermon was not going to be fun. Okay. Here, here's a, a question you could write down. We're talking about idolatry, we're talking about comfort. Comfort food, right? Let me ask this. And this, this hurts my heart because I'm talking about myself. Is comfort your idol? It's the love of lasagna, right? Comfort food, you know? We crave it. We love it. Here's what the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. 
whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Sometimes I think that we eat not to the glory of God. We eat to the God of comfort. The false God of comfort. We crave what what this idol can, can give us. Let me prove it to you. Ready? When I think of Jesus, I, I think of his names. I mean, Jesus, he's, he's wonderful, isn't he? Yeah. Amen. He's our, he's our counselor. He, he's the way. He's our peace. He's my deliverer. He's he's the bread of life to me. My question for us today is, what about food? What about some pills that we take? What about some substances that we just, we can't seem to live without? You know know how it is in some of our lives? Some of those things are, are wonderful. They're my counselor. They're they're my way. They're my peace. They're my deliverer. They're my bread of life. Right? That's that's, that's being an idol. That's this thing become ultimate in our lives. It's thing that we we say, well, we'll we'll fix my problems today. We'll soothe my issues today. And we do this day after day, week after week, year after year. And all of a sudden, we get to a place where our physical bodies might not line up with our spiritual walk. And Paul warns us that, man, you might be disqualifying yourself or keeping yourself from some gospel opportunities that God has for you. And so here's my question. Do you want your life back? I want my life back. I've not always looked like this, okay? I'm 41. I want to be different. I want to be healthy. Do you want to be healthy? Do you want to be in the game? Do you want to keep yourself from being disqualified? Do you want to play with your kids? Do you want to play with your grandkids? Let me just be real honest today, okay? Do you want to watch your grandkids grow up? Or are you going to miss out? Do you want to finish the race running? The reality is a lot of us haven't run in a long time. I'm not just talking about physically, okay? But spiritually as well, in the race that God has called us to. You see, because some of us, we can't say yes to what God is calling us to do because our bodies are saying no. You'll get that? So what are you to do with your life? Let me, get, let me just get to the practical part of today's message. So Ephesians chapter 4, the Bible says we're supposed to, to throw off our old self and to put on our new self, okay? That's what we're supposed to do. Throw off our old self, put on our new self. Definitely it's talking about spiritual things, right? But I believe that can also be talking about our habits and the way we live out our lives. And so that affects our physical bodies. And so I want to give you just just two simple principles that that can help us, okay? Here's the first one. I think every one of us, if this is something that you're tracking with today and you're saying, that's me, we need to do this. We need to retrain our thinking. You need to retrain your thinking. Now, I'm not giving you a diet plan today, okay? All right, Clayton's diet plan. I wrote some books that are back in there. They're 29.9. We're not doing that, okay? It's not not how it's going. Because here's the deal. We we need real lasting motivation, don't we? How many guys have dieted before? Raise your hands. Every one of us, right? We diet and we're like, I'm going to do this. Things are going to be different January 1st. Well, not January 1st. I mean, January 2nd, right? It's a holiday, whatever, right? Like, you just start delaying it. You're like, you know, it doesn't really work out the way you want it to work out because our motivation is wrong. And I think one of the motivations is, is we want people to look at us and be pleased. You know what that's called? It's called idolatry as well, right? What we really need, what, what, here's, here's what I think is, is the, the secret to living a life, a healthy life, 
is we gotta, we got to change our motivation. Where we begin to decide to honor God with our bodies. Where you're like, God, I am getting healthy for you. Not for the approval of anybody else. I'm getting healthy for you so that I can put my yes on the table. Instead of saying no so many times. Now, I'm not talking about self-image like we, we just talked about because that's just as idolatrous. Like, there are some people in this room, there's some people watching online that your body image is your idol. Where you're constantly focused and obsessed on exercising, dieting, um, weight loss, and your body is, is the center of your life. And that is a sin. That is idolatry just as much as um, the other stuff we're talking about today. But here's the deal. God is actually more concerned with your heart. Did y'all know that? God is actually really concerned about your heart. 1 Samuel 16, 7. It says, the Lord doesn't see, the things, see things the way you see them. People, they judge by outward appearance. Is that not true? That is our culture, right? We judge by outward appearance. But the Lord, he looks at the heart. He looks at your heart. So that, that's hope for today, right? That, man, I, I need to fix some things. But, you know, God still looks at my heart and wants to know the condition of my heart. You want to know why? Because the condition of your heart is the true motivation for life change, Okay. When God is working in your heart and changing your heart. Here's the point. You can be fit and idolatrous and fat because you're idolatrous. Both the same way, right? What, am I, what I'm talking about is gluttony here, okay? Gluttony is something we don't really talk about in the church, you know? You don't know what gluttony is? Gluttony is the sin of eating to excess, Okay? That's what gluttony is, and the Bible talks about it a ton, okay? It's a serious thing that we ignore, though. And so not only do we need to decide, hey, I need to have a stronger motivation that I want people to like me. I want to look good. Instead, it needs to be, God, I want to honor you with my life. I want my body to be a living and holy sacrifice that is pleasing to you. And the question is, God, I look in the mirror, I'm like, God, are you pleased with my decisions? I I don't think he is. We also need to, to repent of those things. We need to repent and, and turn from gluttony, the thing we don't talk about a whole lot. Look, look what the Bible has to say about it. The Bible says in Proverbs 23, Do not carouse with drunkards or feast with gluttons, for they are on their way to poverty, and too much sleep clothes them in rags. Okay, It, call, it calls these two groups of people out. <laughs> now, let me say something real quick, okay? Food is not the issue. Alcoholic drink is not the issue. Okay? They are both gifts from God. Look, there are too many places and verses and passages in the Bible that say that. Both are to be enjoyed in moderation. Okay? So don't get mad at me for just preaching what the Bible says, okay? There's way too many verses that talk about it. 260 verses in the Bible that talk about, about, about drinking in, in particular. 260 times. 60% of the time is talking about it in a, in a good and God-honoring and pleasing way. A way to worship him, in, in fact. 30% of those are, are just kind of neutral. And then 10% are like negative, saying, do not do it this way. You know, I think for, for, for a lot of us, like, especially in like this Baptist world, that we actually let things like prohibition from the 20s guide our thoughts and beliefs and practices more than actually what the Word of God has to actually say, okay? See, Christians, we love to call out people who, for having a drink, but we rarely call out people for being a glutton, right? Is that not true? But the Bible actually says a lot about, about being a, a glutton, and, and no one's ever calling anybody else out about that. We call people out for one thing, but we don't call people out for the other thing. All I'm saying is that in the Christian culture, and especially in the Baptist culture, we want to cancel drinking but celebrate overeating, don't we? We're like, man, way to go. Hot dog eating contest. You nailed it, right? I mean, youth group, right? We do those kind of things. Potlucks. We're famous for them, aren't we? Look, we need to repent of that. 
we need to retrain our, our thinking and, and recognize that it's, it's not the actual thing, it's what we do with that thing. And I think the, the scripture, there's scripture that backs this up. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 says this. You say, so Paul's talking about freedom here. Man, do you, do you guys not love freedom? We're Americans, amen? Okay? And also freedom in Christ. That changes everything. We're no longer bound by the law. We have freedom in Christ. And here's what Paul says. He says, you say, I am allowed to do anything. But you know what? But, but not everything is good for you, okay? And even though I am allowed to do anything, I must not become a slave to anything. I must not let anything become my master. And here's, here's the truth, guys. Whether it's alcohol or whatever it is, this can also be your master. Gluttony can be your master. Romans chapter 13. Paul says, put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay? Put him on in your life. Cover your life with Jesus and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. We have to determine to honor God by taking off the old ways of doing things and putting on the new ways. And so if you want to change, first you got to, you got to do that. you got to determine that my motivation is going to be different, okay? It's going to be motivated by Scripture. It's going to be motivated by a love for God. And I want to honor God with my, my body. But here's, here's a more, even more practical second action step to take. It's this. you got to reset the table, okay? Talking about food here today, okay? we got to reset the table, what I mean by this is you've got to start eating differently. I have to start eating differently. And that's so hard because, and, and that's actually why it's the second step. Because if you try to do this without first having a biblical motivation for a healthy life, it's going to be really hard to do, okay? Whether you're at the table or you're at the drive-thru, amen, okay? It's going to be hard to do. So what we have to do is we have to, we have to stop idolizing and running to food. Instead, we got to see this as fuel, okay? Fuel for our bodies that God created. So maybe that'll motivate us to eat healthy. Anybody like broccoli in this room? Okay, that's a bad example, right? A lot of people don't like broccoli. When I was little, I didn't like broccoli. I, I used to love salads when I was little. You know what my salad was? <laughs> we used to go to like Golden Crow. I mean, we don't have Golden Crow here, but Golden Crow. I would go to the, the salad bar, and I would get um, my plate, and I would start off with croutons and then cheese, put some bacon on there. What, what's last? Ranch, Ranch right? Boop, just pour that over there, and I'd go to the table, and I'd eat it. That was my salad because I hated lettuce. It's like no vegetables and none, right? The vegetables, guys, are a gift from God. The problem is that we eat terribly, don't we? Myself included. And so in the spirit of what we did last week of listening to a comedian, listen to Tim Hawkins talk about our eating. I love this one over food. Sometimes we pray over food and ask God to make up for our bad choices when we eat. That's funny. <laughs> what is, Lord, bless this food to the nourishment of our bodies. Lord, bless this bag of Cheetos. <laughs> And this jumbo Dr. Pepper Lord somehow make this nourish us in some way. I don't know how you're going to do it, Father, but we just trust in you now. Father, change the molecular structure of this food. This complete trash we're about to shove in our gullet. Change the Cheeto into a carrot stick on the way down. Spirit of low carb, rain down on me now! I pray a hedge of protection around my pancreas, Lord! Right now! Intervene! Wow, okay. Yeah, I mean, we can laugh at that, can't we? We can laugh, but the Bible actually takes that pretty serious. There's a verse that I've... You may have never read this before. Here's what it says. Proverbs chapter 23. If you're a big eater, put a knife to your throat. <laughs> Life verse right there, right? Like what in the world? That's in the Bible? It's, it's in the Bible, guys. 
Now, that's hyperbole, right? Obviously, that's not, you know, advice. But what it's talking about is that if you can't control yourself, if you lack discipline, that's what it's talking about. If you can't control yourself, if you lack discipline, then it's, it's time to get serious, okay? Like, like putting a knife to your throat. What it is, it's, for us, when we think about food, okay, whatever it might be, it's a call for abstinence or total avoidance of something if you have no control. If it has control over you, you can't dabble in it. So maybe it's that, that favorite food that you have. Maybe it's that restaurant that you go to. At the end of a hard day, your car just naturally, like autopilot, just finds itself in the drive-thru, right? Maybe it's that Diet Dr. Pepper you drink 10 times a day, right, to get through. What, whatever it is, right? I'm, I'm just giving examples here. When it's that serious and you have no control over it, it's like putting, you got to put your knife to your throat. You, you got to make a change, right? Something has to be different. You got you to go a different way home. You don't go down that aisle at the, at the store, you know? Or you also can look at it with, in moderation, okay? Just like we talked about earlier, like food should be enjoyed, should be a gift of God in moderation. Let me give you a personal example. My favorite food, chips and salsa, guys. I'm from West Texas. That's just who I am. Chips and salsa, that, that's my thing. I love it, right, kids? I love it. My favorite thing. And I got teenagers at the house, and so we're always, you know, buying groceries and putting them in there. And Holly's like, where did all the chips go? And I'm like, that's the kids, you know, it's just the kids, right? <laughs> but the truth is, it's, it's me. And here's, here's my problem. I grab the whole bag, right? And I'm talking about the Sam's bag, you know? You know, I grab the whole bag, and I take it over to, to the couch, and I open it up. You're like, mm, man, y'all getting hungry right now just thinking about it. And I just start eating, right, while, while I'm watching. And ho- here's what Holly says. Just get a bowl. Just get a bowl. Like, those are some incredible wisdom, right? Where, where I don't, I take the whole bag instead of just, hey, you just get a bowl, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get a, a few chips, and I'm going to be happy with that. It's moderation, Right? How many of us have a problem with, with just eating and we can't stop? It's so hard because we love food. I mean, it's a part of our culture. Our culture makes it so easy to make bad choices. But here's the truth. It's a choice, isn't it? It's a choice between sandwiches and self-control, right? I'm not knocking sandwiches. That's just alliteration, okay? But it's true. You can, you can put bad stuff on the table or you can put self-control on the table. you got to reset the table. Galatians 5, my favorite verses. Talk about the fruit of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And self-control. Maybe we need to put some of those fruit on the table instead of what we're putting on the table. Here's some bonus information for you guys. Here's another way you can reset the table. You can reset the table with others. I think some of us, we've tried and tried and tried, but we need some accountability in our lives, Okay? We need some other people that are going to help us and walk this path with us because we tried it for too long on our own to be healthy and change our lives, but we just can't do it. We need some people around us. You can reset the table with other people. I think also we can reset our time around the table by by exercising a little bit. That can be to the glory of God, guys. We can go to the gym for the glory of God, not for the glory of ourselves because we want to put ourselves in the best possible position to be used by God. Look, guys, we're not entering a bodybuilding competition between another church, okay? We're not doing that, okay? <laughs> we're, not gonna, we're not going to doing anything like that. Because, again, God cares more about your heart. But what you do with your body, your care of it or your neglect of it also matters to God. And here's why. Because God wants you to be a part of his redemptive work. Bringing about to the spiritual because we're connected. He wants you to be a part of his redemptive work. You know what the redemptive work is? That every single person needs to hear about Jesus. People are lost. People are searching for hope. Jesus says, I am the hope. I'm the hope of the world. Tell people that I died for them and that I'll save them from their sins.
And he wants us to be a part of that. We say this a lot. God doesn't want your ability. He wants your what? Availability. He doesn't want you to have all this ability to to wax eloquent and get up on stage and all that stuff. He wants your availability to be used by him. Your yes. But I wonder how many times a person in poor physical health will say no to God because they physically can't. They say no to deeper relationships with the people that God has put in their lives. They say no to investing in their, in their family and spending time with them, going to the ball game with the kids. They say no to getting out of their house and actually meeting their neighbors in this, this sphere of influence that God has, has put them in. They're saying no to investing in the lives of the people that they love. In essence, when, when poor decisions result in an automatic no to God, being on mission to go and make disciples. Look, for all of us, I want, our, I want more yeses on the table, right, as a church. I'm going to say yes to God more. What it's going to do is, it's, for some of us in this room, it's going to take saying no to the idol of comfort. I was giving some great advice, and here's how we're going to end, okay? I was giving some great advice this week. Solutions are greater than shame. And I'm not trying to shame anybody today. So I, I, I want to end with some encouragement, okay? So this past week, think about this. This past week, if you had some victories in the battle for your mind, okay? If you turned off the noise, if you were able to uh, connect with God, embracing the silence, if you were able to... to uh, be present more with your family, if some of you actually create a kill list and actually killed some things or got, got rid of some things in your life that you knew they, you, they needed to go, then congratulations. You know what that means? You can do this too. You can do this, this next step, this, this second part of detoxing our lives. Between Christmas and, and New Year's, everybody has great plans for their future, don't they? You know? And for me, I... Uh, I sat down with my phone on the couch while I was eating chips or something. I don't know what I was doing. Um, it's probably true. Uh, I started making a calendar. Um, go make a list of things like I, I need to change in my life um, to be better, to be, I want to be a better pastor, I want to be a better husband, a better father. Man, my, my son's about to graduate. What am I doing with my life? Like, I was just like, oh. And I was like, I, I realized I need to, to fix some things. And so I started writing a list of things that I need to be, to be better at. And my mind says, Clayton, you can go and run a marathon right now. You can do it. You're good enough. You're strong enough. Right? My body, my body says, nope. Right? My body says, nope, can't do that. So, so I realized I need to do some things maybe a little bit slower. I need to have a plan. Um, there's some things I need to fix in my life, and it's not going to happen overnight. Like, there's going to be a transition of, of taking some things out of my life, but also replacing them with good and godly things and, that are of God. I, I need to make that transition. And so what I did is I made a calendar. I started actually putting my phone, like, this week, here's my goal. I, wanna, I, wanna, this, I want this change this week. And this next week, I want to do these things to change this. A slow transition over 2024, uh, being more available to God. And I was trying to figure out a, a name. Like, you know, you got you to name your, your calendar. And you're like, oh, Clayton's calendar. Like, I didn't know what to do. So I was sitting there thinking about it. I was like, you know what? Here's what I'm going to call it. And I, I, I was like, I'm never going to share this with anybody. I'm never going to tell anybody about this. We're like second week of January. I'm about to tell everybody. Um, I called it my change or die calendar. I was like, that'll motivate me, right? Like, Clayton, change or die. I'm not talking about a physical death. I'm just talking about like, I'm going to miss opportunities. What am I doing? And so, this is my encouragement to you. Make a change or die calendar, okay? (laughs) Change out some things in your life. Change that, that guilty pleasure with, with something that glorifies God. Like maybe, maybe take some of that idle TV time and, and, and put some exercise with it, okay? Instead of having that late night snack, maybe we, we change and, and have, have a moment of prayer.
before you go to bed. Here's something even more practical. Get rid of your big plates. Get some smaller plates. Right? Have some moderation in your life. When you go to the restaurant, start sharing meals. Okay? That'll save you a fortune, won't it? Right? Start sharing some meals. You get that big plate and you're like, man, I got I to gotta finish that thing. Right? Finish it off. Take your God of comfort and exchange it for the God of comfort. Amen? There's some things that we can do to be, to be better. And I, I, want, I want to finish with this. Email me. My email address is clayton at cbcowasso.org. It's on the website as well. Email me your change or die calendar. And you know what? I'll share some of, it, some of mine with you so we can hold each other accountable. I'd love to hear what God is calling you to do this year, to be more available, to honor God with your body, the one body that you get. Let's do that, not for ourselves, not for the approval of other people, but as a way to worship God. Next week, we're going to talk about a spiritual detox. We're going to be talking about dealing with our emotions. Right now, let me pray for you. Well, Central, we are so glad that you joined us for Central Online today. It's been a great time of worship with our Savior together as a Central family. Maybe today God's been speaking to you about trusting Him with your whole life and even taking that first step in following Him. We would love to connect with you about that. You can text the word FORGIVEN to 94000, and that will get you in touch with our ministry team. And if you just need prayer about something specific, we'd love to be able to come alongside you and pray with you. So send an email to prayer at cbcowasso.org. If this message spoke to you today, why not take a second and share it with a friend or a family member that maybe needs to hear it too. It's an exciting time to be a part of Central as we do our best to live for Christ, love people, and make disciples. We'll see you next week.